Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. This is the Commune Podcast, where each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us live this healthy, connected, and purpose-filled life. You can learn more about our courses, our community, and everything we do at onecommune.com. Commune's monthly membership includes more than 75 courses covering a wide spectrum of topics related to personal and societal well-being, from personal development, meditation, and spirituality, to functional medicine, permaculture, and social activism. We have built such an incredible library of teachers and programs that it seems only logical to leverage this podcast as a means to further spread these valuable ideas. So keep an eye out for these lessons alongside new interviews and other musings. Today's episode is an excerpt from Kate Nelson's Commune course, The Plastic-Free Challenge, which offers step-by-step guidance on how to reduce your dependency on plastic and experience the incredible empowerment and health benefits that come with this shift. A major win-win-win for your health, for humanity, and the planet. You can try this program for free for five days at onecommune.com plastic. This particular lesson discusses the seven different types of plastic. You know, those little numbers stamped onto the bottom of all plastic products and how these categories may or really may not help with the recycling process. Sad fact, did you know that of all the plastic produced worldwide since the 1950s, only 9% of that has been recycled? Once you listen to how plastic recycling actually works, you'll see why reducing your use is really the best option. I hope you enjoy this lesson with Kate Nelson. One of the things we definitely have to talk about are all the different types of plastic and the unfortunate recycling myth. There are literally thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of types of plastics, each with unique characteristics and qualities. The average US citizen consumes 167 plastic water bottles each year, but recycles just 25% of them. And when they put those in the bin, only a small fraction of those get recycled. In fact, of all the plastic produced worldwide since the 1950s, only 9% of that has been recycled. And when we say recycled, we really mean downcycled into something of lesser quality. So all of this hype for something that isn't even doing what it claims? In 1988, the Society of the Plastics Industry introduced a coding system to help recyclers sort plastics. Most plastic products have the general recycling symbol with a number in the triangle indicating one of six types of plastic and a seventh for a general collection category. Unfortunately, the recyclers don't really use this code. Let's look at how recycling works and then come back to our types of plastic. Every district, town, city, state, country has different recycling rules. An overarching national policy would make a lot of sense. However, recycling has been set up not as a complete government service, but as a private business. We pay local councils for bins that we can put our recycling into, 
The local council hires a private waste collection business to come round and dump the bins into the back of a truck. The truck then drives to a material recoveries facility, a MRF, where it's dumped into a pile and scooped onto a conveyor belt for sorting. Generally, this is not a sophisticated operation. Whilst the materials we use on a daily basis have evolved thanks to big budgets from product manufacturers to fund clever innovation in packaging design, the waste management the separation, the sorting, and recycling industries have not evolved at the same pace, or at all. And it's not a huge surprise. It's literally a dirty business. Contamination is an ongoing issue. In my research, a high-ranking employee from a recycling company admitted that if a truck driver sees that a bin emptied into the truck is too contaminated, that they will drive the entire truckload to the landfill instead. This is tragic. This is part of why I don't count on recycling as the solution to our use of plastics. It isn't working. While the numbers give us an indication of the type of plastic, it says nothing about the hardness or the shape or the color or the consistency. There are tens of thousands of types of plastics. Reducing them to six types gives us consumers false hope that these are going to be sorted and recycled. These private recycling enterprises collect materials glass, metal, paper, and plastics from our bins and then sell these to buyers on the global waste market. However, most countries have increased their standards for the materials they will buy and refuse to accept contaminated materials. If you look at your recycling bin, you will see why. We are not ultra diligent about cleaning and letting dry our containers and packaging before we chuck them in the bin. We also have not been too good about researching our local material recovery facilities to find out what even is recyclable in our area. These are small things we can do that make a huge difference, that help make the recycling industry's job easier by providing them with cleaner materials to work with, or just using less packaged stuff and have less stuff in your bins to begin with. Hopefully, as our consumer demand for transparency gets driven up the supply chain, more communication will occur between manufacturers and recyclers to help effectively close the loop on materials that are of value and eliminate those that are not. And this is what we need, systemic change. Fewer disposable to-go items and more reusable, refillable, and repurposeful items. This whole movement is about self-sufficiency and reclaiming our sovereignty. We should no longer rely on outsiders to recycle our waste, be autonomous and responsible for what we use and the waste our consumption creates. The code on the plastic can also be used by consumers to make a distinction between plastics that would be safer to use than other plastics. Let's look at all the different plastics we're using and what they're being labeled as so that we can start to be familiar with the kinds of plastics that we're using. The most popular, the easiest to recycle is number one, polyethylene terephthalate or PET. Mostly we see these as soft drink bottles um, or water bottles. This PET is the most widely produced plastic in the world, and it is predominantly used as a fiber, so known as polyester, or for plastic bottles or packaging. PET is highly recyclable, so this is one that when we're participating in the recycling system, we really want to make sure that the label is off, the lid is off, and it's clean, so that that is likely to be recycled. We're starting to see a lot more of recycled plastic products. Most of these, especially clothing, are made from recycled plastic bottles, or PET. PET, in terms of plastics, is one of the safest to eat and drink from. However, as we refill and reuse these bottles, it increases the risk of additives leaching into what it contains. If you can only use it once, it's not a good material. Number two, high density polyethylene. 
These plastic containers are typically hard plastics. So this is high density, it's, it's thick. But we can also see this used, we see it in these flimsy plastic bag applications as well. So we are already seeing all these different applications of high density polyethylene. It's labeled as number two and it's categorized as number two high density polyethylene. But look at these different, completely different applications, completely different textures and transparencies, different colors. Even this plastic lid is probably a different plastic to what this one. It certainly is a different color, so it won't be able to be melted down and recycled into something of equal value. Polyvinyl chloride, PVC. This is one we commonly see in building materials, including sewer pipes, plastic frames. Um, it's even, we see this in fruit trays and disposable tablecloths. Uh, this is one that we definitely want to avoid. Uh, the toxic dioxine is released during production of the PVC and plasticizers are added a lot to this type of plastic. Uh, so it's unfortunate that we're using it so much around our house, but it's fortunate that we don't see it as much in the packaging of our food. Number four is low density polyethylene. So this is typically our soft, thin plastic products such as um, plastic covers, plastic bags, plastic food packages and wrappers. Um, that's why it's surprising to see this as high density polyethylene when it's typically low density polyethylene. Number five is Polypropylene, this is all sorts of plastics, uh, plastic furniture, jerry cans, car parts, bottle closures, but we also see it here as a takeaway container and this grape bag. Number six is polystyrene. Most of us know this as styrofoam or polystyrene, styrene infused with air bubbles to make it fluff up and be this packaging material. It's also used as disposable cups, hamburger packaging, trays for meat products, and buffer packaging for appliances. It's definitely recommended to avoid this because styrene, polystyrene, is a proven carcinogen. And yet here we see it, number six, labeled with a little leaf next to it, as a coffee cup lid. So people are drinking out of this plastic lid and ingesting all of the cancer-causing toxins into their body with their coffee. Another note on polystyrene is that polystyrene breaks up. This is something we regularly find in beach cleans. Because it's so small and little and it breaks up and it's so light, it is really hard to clean up. Alternatives to using styrofoam as packaging is really important. Number seven is other or mixed plastics. This includes PC or polycarbonate, PU, polyurethane, acrylic, polyamide, bioplastics, and many combinations of plastics that don't fit with any of the other types. Code 7 is a residual category that nobody can use. And this plastic is typically just incinerated or burned, which releases toxic ash into the air. Some of the number sevens that we have on the table here today is a little greenware. It says made from plants and yet it's labeled as a number seven plastic. This is so confusing for us as consumers. And of course, how would a recycler ever use this or make sense of this when it's being grouped with other plastics? Another plastic that we have on the table that we found as a number seven is very similar to this grape bag. These containers that are containing fruits, um, grapes or apples or different fruits, yet they're made from different plastics. And this one, it's not grouped into a number six, which could be recycled, but it's labeled as a number seven. So what plastic is this? We have no idea. 
This grouping together of all other plastics in this category of seven might help us understand why it's so hard to recycle plastics. When there are all types of plastics grouped as seven, some of them made from plants, how could we ever recycle these? What is this number system even for? Is it just here to make us feel better about all the plastic we use? Precisely. In fact, it was World War II when plastics really had their time to shine. When men went off to war, they realized that this plastic, this material that was relatively new, could be useful in terms of making, um, carrying things lighter and easier and more durable and, and weather resistant. So it was really implemented during wartime. And it was brought to the women at home who were entering the workforce and preparing food for their families, but didn't have as much time. So they said, oh, here, quick, get the plastics at home as well for disposable plates and cutlery and TV dinners. And it was this convenience and it was solving this huge problem for people at home, for, for our culture. Um, it was this time that the plastics industry invented recycling. Essentially to make people, us, feel better about all the plastic that was being used and to create more space in the kitchen for another collection bin, the recycling bin. Despite recycling not working, Big oil, or the plastics industry, is increasing production every year. 322 million tons of plastic were produced in 2015. That's the same weight as 900 Empire State Buildings, which is made of granite and steel. So we cannot count on recycling. We have to quit plastics, first and foremost, because even if recycling was performing well, the amount and rate at which oil is being extracted from the earth to create virgin plastics and the process to create these virgin plastics is destructive and polluting. It is not sustainable. Just a note on bioplastics. An estimated 99% of all plastics are made from fossil fuels, such as oil and gas. The remaining 1% is made from natural raw materials, such as corn, cane sugar, or potatoes. These bioplastics are used for bags and food packaging and disposable cups or disposable cutlery. But most biodegradable plastics behave like ordinary plastic in the environment. They've been chemically altered so much that they don't break down. So they're not a solution. Just like participating in recycling, giving up some plastics help people to identify more as environmentalists. This spills into other aspects of life, causing us to behave more Earth-centrically. We engage more in climate emergency debates or support political candidates that pledge to protect the environment, or we only spend our money on sustainable businesses. We're all connected, even when we learn that our systems are not doing what we thought they were. We know our actions still matter and they still add up, and in fact are more important than ever that we get right this time. So continue to recycle. It's discouraging when we find plastic that isn't even labeled, and it's, you know, encouraging us to recycle, but doesn't even have a number in there. Where is this being sent? Who is, this, who is recycling this? But the more we can support recycled plastics and the recycling industry, and the more we can clean our recyclables and participate with that, that system, the more likely it is to succeed. And if we reduce our use of plastics altogether, we don't have to worry about it at all. Thanks for listening. As always, feel free to email me at jeffk at onecommune.com or follow me on Instagram at Jeff Krasner. And make my mom proud. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's all from the commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasner, and I am here 
Preach.